talking to startups about, you know, finding angels when they're first getting started. A lot of angels, because I can say too, when it comes to like the large amounts of money I've made, yeah, I was an engineer and I had, you know, great salary all these years and that was great, but mine came from real estate too. Mm. So um, I think that most people um, can find actually angel investors who have made money in real estate. The difference is, here's the, here's the difference. Those who, those who have made money in real estate, and it depends on what kind, but those who have made money in like commercial real estate, those typically have longer holding period. So they're used to not being able to, not being in a, being in an illiquid situation, sort of. But remember, they can borrow against the property. Right. So they can still have some type of money, but commercial real estate also provides cash flow, right? So there's some type of cash flow, even when you buy in a group. Um, you know, and I guess in the business world, we'll call it being paid dividends, right? Now, some of those, when startups are raising money, like some of the term sheets, they, they, they a lot for you to be paid dividends if that's what you want, but it doesn't make any sense to do that because you want all the money to be reinvested in the company. Mm-hmm. But I think if we had some conversations around, um, cause there's a lot of money with angels who made it in real estate. If we had some conversations around kind of the pros and cons of what they're used to, right. You know, and the, 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 the differences and also the similarities in investing in tech. I think we could get more people in from the real estate world investing in the tech world. I don't know as much about the Atlanta angel networks that are around as maybe I should or could. Um, it, is your experience been that the ones that are investing in tech right now are, are have made their money elsewhere um, and yes. are looking to just kind of play around in the, in the tech space a little bit and, and kind of, are they, how serious are they when it comes to that kind of stuff? I would say. Oh, that's interesting. Now I could just, I could just say from my experience with um, angels in Atlanta, right. Um, versus other parts of the country, angels in Atlanta have made their money actually from nine to five jobs. Most of them, <laughs> you know, they were executives, they were management consultants for one of the big four, um, you know, and they have really nice 401ks, nice. And, um, they've retired, they got some extra money. They still got, you know, things coming in that they invested in, in years past. And, you know, they got some extra money to spend. Now that's the majority of the ones I know. And that's the majority of the ones individuals. And I'm not saying funds, but I'm saying individuals that we we're around every day at ATDC, luckily. Um, so yeah, they made their money in nine to fives and they think it's kind of cool how, you know, entrepreneurs are, you know, risk takers. Um, but because it's like extra money for them, I haven't, and it depends on the person, of course, I haven't felt, I haven't felt the pressure on startups to like deliver something right away. Like they get the long-term gain. And it's not like they needed to pay their mortgage this month, right. you know? And so that's what I've seen on the, on the, on the regular, even ones who run funds now, like I know some who are like starting with funds or involved in funds, 
Like they're, that is not their expertise. And I think a lot of startups assume because someone is an angel investor, then they know all about investing and how startups work and all that. And that's not true. I found that to not be true at all. And that's why Charlie's Angel um, Lounge is so good to help um, educate those in that, you know, financial level to understand how it works. Because the assumption with the startups is that they already know. And when they are disappointed in the responses, you know, from those angel investors, we're like, they really don't understand. Then it causes a breakdown in the relationship. Um, Mm. But just because you have money, it's just like with with the term accredited. You only have to, to be considered an angel investor, you only have to be an individual that makes $200,000 a year. Right. Or more. I mean, that's a lot of people. That's mm-hmm. engineers, that's lawyers, that's a lot of people, CPAs, a lot of people who don't even realize they're angels, right? They're right. accredited <laughs> investors. So I think we should have this conversation more because if they knew uh, of the opportunity, you know, to invest, even if it was just, you know, 5,000, 10,000, you know, that's, mm-hmm. they can do that and they would miss it for 10 years. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I wonder um, if I wonder if some of the people who are investing with, say, an ATDC company, are have a different level of expectation as well because they are because it, we are mostly companies. We're an incubator where companies are going to be around for several years, and are kind of the growth rate isn't expected to be. I mean, it was nice to be, but not really always expected to be like right away. You know, turning. IPO and in, in, in 18 months type of situation with most of the companies that are, that are coming through there. I wonder if that has any level of expectation. I would, I would having some more conversation around like the, with the, like you said, kind of just understanding the angel community here and, and, and reaching out some more would be really cool because I bet you there is a lot of kind of possibilities that we, we maybe aren't always tapping into. Yeah, I think, I think so. I mean, and and ATDC is in and of itself a trusted brand. And if I was new to investing in tech startups, I don't care how many accelerators pop up around town. I trust, right, Georgia Tech. I trust this association of ATDC. And so that's where I will trust my initial learning. Mm-hmm. Um, about how everything works and even getting involved. And so I think that there is an opportunity to help educate um, many more investors on how this whole thing works and, you know, see if they're interested in getting involved. Yeah, it, it's, I, it seems like, it seems like the idea that Atlanta is, has a, there's a hard time raising money locally in Atlanta seems crazy to me. It seems like there is plenty of there. Is. Um, and I mean, it, yeah. it's not for everybody. I understand that if you, if you're, if you'd rather see your 401k continue to grow and then, you know, a, additional investment into, you know, the S and P 500 or whatever, you know, if that's your, your style in your life and that's your style in your life, you, sh- you shouldn't, uh, <laughs> try to go too crazy. Um, and, and, and some, and some, uh, tech investing's closer to flipping houses than it is long-term real estate investment. But <laughs> if you pick the right, if you, if you get involved the right way and are smart about it, you know, I mean, it's, it seems like um, 
you can do some low risk, high reward stuff for sure, which would be cool. It's funny because a lot of them, like all the angels that, you know, I've, um, you know, I've had, had close relationships with that are, let's say, Atlanta based, they really don't even do it for the money. They enjoy helping the entrepreneurs. They enjoy the liveliness of ATDC, which is, you know, a ball of fun. Um, they enjoy the energy they get from it and not just sitting at home, like, or just going golfing every day. It's, it's a change of pace for them. And, um, you know, they really, if they make money, great. And, and this is literally words from, from directly from them. If they make money, great. But if they don't, they, they've enjoyed the, enjoyed the ride. So. Yeah. And I, I will say that that's something that some of our companies uh, probably should be educated on as well, too. I remember I had um, a friend uh, several years ago who was in, in the middle of a startup and was it wasn't it wasn't going great. And he had taken some uh, investment money and he was, you know, he's a grinder in general, but he was like a, he was super grinding then because he knew that he needed to get these things done. He wanted to get it out. And, and he eventually, one of his investors uh, called him up and said, you know, if I lose all of the money I invest in you, I'm still perfectly fine with my life. And this mm-hmm. is not why I'm investing. You need to be able to calm down a little bit and get to work and do the work and realize I appreciate how much you're trying to do for me and for my money, but this money is, is not going to be the thing that make, make or breaks me. That's not why. That's, that's not why. I, if I had to do that, I wouldn't be investing in you to begin with. This is, I did this because yeah. I, I, it was going to be a fun way to, to work through some really cool ideas. And I think that took a little bit of the weight of, off his shoulders. Um, because once you start doing that, once you start taking that money from outside people, you have these additional like um, pressures. Uh, some people really do want the money and need the money. And that is also another thing to be smart about when you're taking an investor, taking investment yeah. from like, who is this person? Why are they, why are they, you know, investing in me? Um, but, you know, if you have a good one like that, that can say, Hey, you know, this isn't life or death here. Let's, let's make smart decisions, but don't also understand you have a family and you have other, other things in your life and, and, and it can't be, uh, you know, grinding you to to a nub every night doing it so that was really cool i was very happy when 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 he told me that story because it made me feel so Mm -hmm. much better for him because it was a it was a worrying time for him that's really cool yeah yeah i agree and those are the ones that you want even really to be honest with you at all stages yeah you want those that's concerned about your well-being because i mean without you I mean, they, some do feel like, Hey, you're just replaceable. We'll just find someone else to become the CEO. Um, and you don't want those kind of investors, but this where it gets tricky, Adam. It's like, how do you know which kind they are? (laughs) 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 They're right on the cap table. You're like, oh man. (laughs) That is funny and true. Uh, which is like, uh, you know, people say a lot of stuff before they sign the paperwork and then they sign the paperwork and they change into an entirely different type of yeah. person. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of tricky. I, I think we really need to help founders come up with, and I'm sure there's tons of stuff in like human psychology. What would you do kind of scenarios um, <laughs> and see how people respond? Cause to be honest with you, 
as a, as a startup founder, I really feel like, you know, all of them have their ways of, of kind of booby trapping to see how you respond to certain things as right. they're assessing whether or not to invest in you too. Right. And I don't think founders have any of those tools that they didn't think they needed. They just come in bearing their heart and soul <laughs> and <laughs> believe in me. And they don't realize that they also need to have some boundaries and guards in place and some tests in place to see if it's a good relationship. Like, you know, just like when you're dating, you know, right. once, once they're on the cat table, that's literally, that's a marriage. That's like yeah. a marriage certificate. Because if that person dies, then the shares go to their family. (laughs) (laughs) You want to be living with this, you know, some kind of remnants of this person. So, yeah, I think startup founders need to start figuring out ways that they can test to see if this is a a good fit. That's a that's a really funny and smart idea, which is like, you know, if you heck, if you apply for a job, sometimes they'll give you the test. To, to see if you're the right personality for like everybody, everybody in that relationship should take one of those type of tests. And maybe, maybe it could be a, a newly created one specifically around the idea of how, how risk, uh, how are you able to handle risk in, in some of these things? And, um, and so when you're, when you're meeting with a investor, they can say, here's my, you know, uh, Monique test, which is, and I, and, and I am a, I like I, that. And, I, and I'm in the upper right corner and, and, and you're and people in the upper right corner are the type of people you, you want on your investment team. That would be, that's a, uh, you know, that would be awesome. Thanks for listening to subscribe or to get some more information about the podcast, go to a fly on the call.com. 